Welcome back to this week's episode of The Emily Show. And though we've taken a good old pause for over a month on the Depp v. Heard case, we have to talk a little bit more about the battle that is heating up with Amber Heard's insurance. If you remember my episode where I covered who's paying, I talked about the insurance companies that are facing off over their payment or not payment of Amber Heard's defense in the defamation suit that she lost against Johnny Depp. Today, we are talking about all that is going on in court because, boy, there's a lot. There's a motion to consolidate, but there's some really interesting information in a joint stipulation about discovery. They're like, yo, your honor, we have a lot to do. Could we please just chill? There are technically three lawsuits going on over insurance funds, the insurance funds that went to pay for Elaine. For those of you listening to the podcast on audio only, if you have not been watching YouTube, you might not know about Emily's new voice changer. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. This episode, I imagine it's going to come into play. Just, just sit back and enjoy. We've got a lot of insurance to talk about. I, I will do my best to not make it thickly legal and boring and to break it down and to talk about why Elaine and her law firm have hired their own lawyers because that's part of what's buried in this joint stipulation that we're going to talk about right now. Hey there, welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. It's so easy to get stuck in a dinner rut with back to school or not even have time to get to the grocery store while you are running your kids around to everything under the sun. It feels like now that we are in 2022, everything is back in full swing. Do yourself a favor and try today's sponsor, Green Chef. Not only are the meals delicious, but they fit every dietary lifestyle you might be interested in, from keto to paleo and vegan and vegetarian to simply organic balanced meals. They are delivered to your door with an easy to follow recipe. These meals have never taken us more than about 30 minutes to make. And when I say us, my 14-year-old helps make most of our Green Chef meals because they are so easy to do. And I love having him help out in the kitchen. You choose from 24 recipes weekly and you can mix and match different dietary choices or skip a week if you need to. And now that we're getting into fall, y'all, you can enjoy their curated selection of farm stand favorites, fresh seasonal ingredients, and meals like beef tenderloin with cherry balsamic sauce, maple Brussels sprouts, and brown butter potatoes. Yes, it's immediately on my list. And to stay in the theme with a great beef tenderloin. They also have a beef tenderloin with a pot roast style gravy and garlic mashed potatoes. Yes. Yes, I'm ready. But also, if you're looking for fast and fit meals under 700 calories, you can choose that too. Make dinner a little bit easier with Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash emilybaker135 and use code emilybaker135 for $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash Emily Baker 135 and use code 
Emily Baker 135. Not only do you support the show, but you can find out why Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Now we got to get back to today's episode. So it's a brief road so far. And again, brief because there is a full part one of this episode about who's paying, where we dive into all of the insurance back and forth of who paid for Amber Heard's defense. Mostly travelers insurance paid for Amber Heard's defense under a homeowner's policy. Now, travelers went ahead and sued New York Marine and General Insurance Company. I will refer to them as New York Marine because the rest of it's way too long. But travelers went and sued New York Marine and was like, yo, yo, she also had a policy with y'all. Y'all are supposed to be paying halvesies with us. Like, you said we were splitting and then you like bounced in the middle. Get back here and pay us the other half of this legal defense. Well, New York Marine said, that's adorable. We provided counsel that Amber Heard had previously hired. We said, yes, this attorney that you've hired, we will pay them. We will pay them under the policy, the standard insurance rates, et cetera, et cetera. That attorney will be lead counsel. This is how it will work. What we learned from those legal filings is that counsel got the cold shoulder from Elaine et al., who was hired by travelers, but that was not the first set of lawyers hired by travelers. That was the second set of lawyers hired by traveler, making it Amber Heard's third set of lawyers leading up to this defamation trial. So what was alleged in the counter complaint and defenses is that the attorneys hired by New York Marine got basically pushed off the case, pushed off the pleading by Elaine et al. Elaine, you could have had more help. But no, you wanted to do it on your own. So then Travelers is like, oh, cool, cool. We're not going to pay the insurance standard rates, which is really standard in insurance. It's like, hey, we will pay. This is the rate we pay for attorneys to do this kind of work. Travelers agreed to pay Elaine their billable rate and agreed to a cap. I believe the cap was in the $2 million range. The cap got maxed out well before trial and travelers didn't say, hey, great, this was your cap through trial, keep working. What they did is went ahead and raised the cap. So New York's like, hey, you made a whole bunch of questionable choices. We're not paying for your choices. Then after Amber Heard lost the defamation case, remember, when Amber Heard lost the case, it was with malice. Malice is intent. It's not negligence. It's intentional conduct. It's an intentional tort. And with it being intentional, New York Marines like, hey, yeah, we don't have to cover that at all. Cute. So they sued Amber Heard in California. So Travelers sues New York Marine. New York Marine countersues Travelers. Then New York Marine goes ahead and sues Amber Heard in California saying, we don't have to cover you at all. So a lot of these causes of actions are for declaratory relief. Judge Tell us what we're supposed to do and who's supposed to pay. Do we have to pay? Does she have to pay? Do we have to pay each other? You know, Travelers is like, can we just go have these? New York Marine is like, nah, we're not paying for anything. <laughs> we're we're sure we're sure not gonna we're sure not gonna do that anymore. So who's gonna be stuck with these legal fees? Will it be the insurers? Will it be the insured Amber Heard? And that's where our litigation finds us with two motions. One motion is in the 
case with New York Marine versus Amber Heard. They're trying to consolidate the cases together. Hey, Travelers is suing New York Marine. New York Marine is suing Travelers. It's all over this defamation case and who's covering Amber Heard's legal fees. So when New York Marine is suing Amber Heard, it's like all the same witnesses and all the same stuff. We should just do this all together. So can we just combine it? And then there's this joint stipulation to modify the scheduling order saying, Your Honor, but there's like so much discovery. There's depositions and there's interviews and we cannot move this along. The Traveler's case was filed well before we got a verdict on the defamation case. It, so this case has been pending for a while. The attorneys had asked that the judge stay this case pending the outcome of the defamation case. And the judge is like, no, I'm not going to do that. So they are coming up on some discovery deadlines and are trying like hell to get some extensions on this case now that Amber Heard has lost the defamation case. I think that it's reasonable to extend some of these discovery deadlines. I think it might be part of why we're seeing this motion to consolidate. It's like, hey, consolidate them and then we'll just pick up all new deadlines. But the discovery also tells us a lot about what the lawyers are doing. There's a lot of sets of lawyers involved. And um, now the lawyers have lawyers. So we should pull this document up and get into it. But first, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsor. We're talking a lot about insurance in this episode. And while your insurance might not cover the intentional defamation of an ex, what you do need insurance for is your life. Yes, it is never too early or too late to start thinking about life insurance. It is one of those things that is peak adulting, but you really do need to do. And Policy Genius is here to make it easier for you. Policy Genius is an insurance marketplace that makes it easy to compare quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in one place to find your lowest price on life insurance. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Options start at just $17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. Policy Genius doesn't add extra fees. With Policy Genius, your personal information is private and it doesn't sell your information to third parties. Policy Genius has helped over 30 million people shop for insurance and placed over 150 billion in coverage. Find out for yourself why they have thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Just click the link in the description or head to policygenius.com slash Lawnard to get personalized quotes in minutes and find the right policy for you. The licensed agents at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance companies. They're on hand throughout the entire process to help you understand your options so you can make decisions with confidence. Head to policygenius.com slash Lawnard to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save today. Now let's get back to talking about insurance that's not going to cover and why they're all fighting about Amber Heard in court. Let's go. So for those of you listening on the podcast only, A, don't forget to go ahead and leave a review. It actually really helps. And B, um, I'm reading from the document. When I expand, I will try to let you know. And when I yell about Elaine. I'm just going to let you know. Elaine. Because she comes up in this motion a few times. Well, okay. Let's be fair her law firm comes up. But she's a name partner. So, you know, Charlson Bredehoff is part of the firm name. And Elaine's name is Elaine Charlson Bredehoff. So look, ECB, I know it's weird. 
I, I know it's weird. I'm EDB. She's ECB. It's weird. There were times during this trial when people were chatting about her as EB. And I was like, are they talking about, wait, are you talking about me? Which EB? I'm also EB. Leave the D in with me. <laughs> that just, that happened. But like, we're the EDB. Let's just go with all three initials. And then I started seeing Elaine going by ECB. I'm like, wait a second. What is, don't confuse the issue. I will get confused on social when people are like, EB did this. I'm like, I didn't though. I'm EDB. Just stick with EDB. The notorious EDB. Let's just leave that alone. No, right. I'm still trying to recover from what I said and not devolve into, into giggles. Let's pull this document up. I'm starting kind of in reverse order with the joint stipulation. The joint stipulation has way more interesting facts in it because I find the discovery process that's going on in a litigation like this fascinating, but also the motion to consolidate the cases or to merge them all into one court um, is mentioned a lot. And then we don't have to cover that as in depth. It really is, hey, your honor, it's all the same parties. It's all the same witnesses. It's all the same stuff. Can we just do it together, please? So that's the preview. This is a joint stipulation, meaning it's filed by the attorneys for both parties, both Traveler and New York Marine. Your Honor, please, please give us more time. Introduction. As the court is aware, this litigation encompasses a dispute between insurer, plaintiff, and counter-defendant Traveler's Commercial Insurance Company and defendant and counterclaimant New York Marine and General Insurance Company concerning their respective rights, obligations, and duties with respect to the defense of their mutual insured in ongoing underlying litigation. This was filed November 9th. Ongoing underlying litigation. So what I want to know first is, does travelers see their duty to defend to extend to appeal? Is that who's paying for appellate counsel? Like, is that why we're fighting this out till the end of the earth? Because someone else is paying? Once someone else is paying, you're not playing with your own money. You're just like, let's go. Because, because y'all. That's how I read it. Ongoing, underlying litigation. There was a verdict. Travelers. It did not, it didn't go well for your insured. We watched it unfold. The way that they represented the court ongoing underlying litigation leads me to believe that they might be footing part of the appeal. All right. It goes on to say after NY Marine filed its motion to dismiss Traveler's initial complaint, Travelers filed a FAC, a First Amendment complaint, to which New York Marine filed a further motion to dismiss. It's like, ugh. We're just going like back and forth and back and forth here, Your Honor. This court had hearings on the motion to dismiss on December 13th, 2021, January 20th, 2022, January 27th, 2022, and February 17th, 2022. Wouldn't I love to know why they needed that many hearing dates on a motion to dismiss? Emily, are you going to dig back into this litigation to satisfy your own curiosity? Yes. Yes, I am. Will I let you know what I find? If it's good, I will. The parties held a Rule 26 conference on February 22, 2022. This court held a Rule 26 scheduling conference on March 3, 2022. That's the discovery scheduling. New York Marine then filed its answer to Traveler's FAC. So obviously the motion to dismiss was not dismissed. And counterclaim on March 25, 2022. And accordingly, this matter did not come 
to issue until April 15th, 2022. So all of the pre-trial litigation or all of the even pre-answer litigation was going on with these motions to dismiss. We've covered lots of motions to dismiss in my content. Hey, generally failure to state a claim and often other things, but failure to state a claim. It then said when Travelers filed its answer to New York Marines counterclaim, that was on April 15th. That's when this really got going to the point where you would start discovery, the process of gathering information and documents and depositions from one another. It goes on to say the parties have thereafter engaged in extensive discovery. So this is since April 15th. You know, as the trial in Virginia is really picking up is when this case really finally got going. The parties have thereafter engaged in extensive discovery, resulting in the production of more than 159,000 pages of documents solely from their own respective claim files. That's before you get into third-party witnesses. We're at like 160,000 documents, uh, pages of documents. In addition, both parties have issued subpoenas to other law firms. Hmm. Other law firms which represented their mutual insured and have received objections, as well as numerous documents produced by them. Of course, they've received objections. They're like, we're not giving you anything. It's privileged. Same objection, same ground. So are we going to see Elaine now asserting the attorney-client privilege that seemed to annoy her so much in the Adam Waldman deposition? Yes. Yes, we are, because it's the appropriate objection, depending on what they're asking for. It's is this privileged between me and the insured? But also remember, Elaine was paid by travelers. So, so away we go. It goes on to say, in addition, the parties anticipate receiving additional documents in response to those subpoenas. Oh, undoubtedly they do, or they shouldn't be issuing subpoenas. The parties are also in the process of negotiating with third parties, including multiple attorneys, concerning both their responses to subpoenas for records and their availability to appear for depositions on this matter. They're talking to multiple attorneys about appearing for depositions on this matter. Notwithstanding the foregoing efforts, neither Travelers nor New York Marine anticipate the parties will be reasonably able to complete discovery, mediation, or prepare for trial within the cutoffs established by this court in its March 3rd, 2022 scheduling order. This is due to a host of factors. One, the sheer volume of document. Two, the necessity of coordinating the production of information from various third parties, including material which those parties contend is privileged. Ah, the lawyers are like, hey. So yeah, we're not going to go ahead and turn that all over. A lot of it's privileged. So now they're saying, Your Honor, discovery disputes are a brewing. Three, the party's ongoing efforts to obtain documents from and schedule the depositions of multiple party-affiliated witnesses for the party's further ongoing efforts to obtain documents from and schedule the depositions of third-party attorney witnesses located in at least four states, including attorney witnesses who have expressed reluctance to be deposed separately in both this matter and in the related litigation, New York Marine versus Amber Heard. So this is also laying the groundwork for these should be consolidated. Five, the anticipated necessity of bringing separate motions to compel the non-party attorney's compliance. Your Honor, discovery dispute. With subpoenas for documents, which will need to be filed in three different courts, the Southern District of New York, the United States District Court for the District of Columbia, and this court, respectively, this court being a federal court in California. 
Six, ongoing negotiations regarding PMK deposition topics. Seven, difficulties in scheduling a mediation before the parties mutually agreed upon mediator, Ralph O. Williams III of ADR Services. Um, Ralph has a very busy schedule. They get into it later. Ralph is all over the place. And there's a lot of people who are like, we have overseas travel for the next three weeks. I don't begrudge anyone a vacation. I don't. I would like to have overseas travel for the next three weeks, but I don't. So it's jealousy. When you hear me capping on people's vacation, it's just jealousy. Lawyers need time off too. It makes them more pleasant humans, I promise. So the motion goes on to say, moreover, these considerations are of particular note given travelers pending motion to consolidate this matter with the New York Marine Herd litigation, which is not yet at issue. Not yet at issue just means that we're not ready to move forward. We're still in that kind of pre, I sometimes say pre-trial, that's not what I mean, that pre-litigation stage before the answer is filed, before it's ready to move into discovery. So I should say pre-discovery phase, but sometimes my brain just goes back to my pre-trial. So in that kind of pre-discovery phase where you are dealing with potentially litigation over motions to dismiss, or statute of limitations or things like that before you get an answer and before, you know, you're moving forward. So that's what they mean by not at issue yet. The motion to consolidate is presently set to be heard on October 17th, 2022. So they're like, Your Honor, we have a whole bunch of things going on. We have a brewing discovery dispute with all these other lawyers and the motion to consolidate isn't even set to October 17th. And if we consolidate, then we're not even going to start discovery on that case for months. So maybe we want to respect your time and don't rush us. Your Honor, we're respecting your time. Don't rush us. The background and timeline, and then it goes through the discovery timeline. Right now, the initial disclosures are due April 29th. Mediation deadline, October 31st, um, 2022. Mediation status report, November 10th, 2022. Non-expert discovery by January 20th, 2023. These deadlines in, in like lawyer time are right around the corner. Like the mediate, they have to mediate by October 31st. I don't know how they could even get to mediation when they haven't done any of these depositions yet. Like there's a lot of info they still need. The expert disclosure initial is February 10th, 2023. Uh, the rebuttal, March 10th, 2023. Expert discovery cutoff, March 24th, 2023. Motion filing, April 10th, 2023. Pre-trial and trial, June 26th to July, 2023. So of course, like we have dates on the books for this to go to trial. The attorneys are like, please, no. So they go through the court's scheduling order. They talk about the other litigation. And then we're going to start getting into this discovery dispute. It goes on to say discovery efforts in the present litigation. Shortly after the matter became at issue, New York Marine served special interrogatories, requests for admission, and requests for productions on travelers on March 19th, 2022. Travelers requested and New York Marine granted a two-week extension of time to respond. Travelers thereafter requested a further extension, and New York Marine agreed to a further one-week extension, but declined any further extension. Traveler has served responses to the interrogatories, requests for admissions, and requests for production on May 9th. On June 7th, Traveler served its initial disclosures, along with over 100,000 pages of documents encompassing both its initial disclosures and documents responsive to the request for production. June 27, 2022, New York Marine provided travelers with its initial disclosures as well as over 27,000 pages of documents. On August 22nd, travelers produced an additional 31,000 pages of documents. Thus, to date, between themselves, the parties have exchanged over that 159,000 pages of documents. 
Given the volume of documents produced, it went on, the parties have not yet completed a full detailed review of the respective productions. Yup. In addition, the parties have served subpoenas for production of documents and depositions on a number of law firms who were retained or paid by Travelers and or New York Marine to represent the insured, the insured again here being Amber Heard, in the underlying litigation against her. Underlying litigation against her. Remember earlier they said ongoing, right? Specifically on July 5th, 2022, New York Marines served a subpoena for records on non-party Kaplan Hecker Fink, the law firm located in New York, which initially represented the insured in the underlying litigation. New York Marine also served a July 5th subpoena for records from non-party Charleston, Bredehoff, Cohen, Brown, and Needlehoff. We're just going with Elaine. Every time it says Elaine's law firm in here, we're just going with served on Elaine. But I need you to know, this is not being served on Elaine personally. This is being served on her law firm, Charleston Bredehoff, Cohen, Brown, and Nadelhoff. Nadelhoff, baby rotten born, all the same. So it's not specifically about Elaine. So just that is my asterisk because lawyer, I am trying to be precise, but also it's Elaine's firm and Elaine was lead counsel but it's not Elaine in her personal capacity. It is her firm. And it goes on to note that that firm is located in Virginia and represented subsequently represented the insured in the underlying litigation. Additionally, on July 5th, New York Marines served a subpoena for records from non-party Eisner LLP, a law firm located in California, which represented the insured as personal counsel, but which was not an attorney of record on the underlying action, the underlying action, of course, being the defamation case. Though the Charles and Bredehoff and Eisner law firms have each produced certain documents in response to New York Marines' subpoena, each of the non-party law firms, Kaplan Hecker, Elaine, and Eisner, have also served objections to the subpoenas. Eisner LLP serving its objections and responses on July 25th, along with a written explanation. Kaplan Hecker serving objections via written correspondence on July 29th and August 4th and September 1st. And Elaine served objections on July 25th, 2022. So they are objecting to these subpoenas and deposition requests. There are two types of subpoenas going on here, requesting documents like, hey, give us your paperwork, and then requesting deposition. Hey, come sit down. We want to, we'd love to ask you some questions. Come have a seat. We would love to chat. So those are the two types of things. And the lawyers are going to, of course, say, um, privilege. This is all covered by attorney-client privilege. They then get more into what they're trying to seek, what non-privileged documents they're trying to seek. And we're going to focus mostly on the response of the Elaine firm. It goes on to say that after New York Marine wrote to the Charleston Bredehoff firm on August 6, 2022, seeking to arrange a meet and confer regarding the firm's objections to the subpoena, New York Marine was informed that separate counsel had been retained and would be in contact with New York Marines counsel. And that is where the conversation is coming up that Elaine lawyered up. Elaine hired counsel. Look, her law firm hired counsel to deal with the subpoenas going on from the insurance companies. Elaine was the one who represented Amber Heard. So in this fight over money, some of what they're going to want to know is, what were you doing? How much money did you spend? And how did you lose? These things are going to come up. But this is not Elaine being personally sued. This is Elaine and her firm 
as third-party witnesses in this ongoing insurance action, and that is why they have retained counsel. Interestingly enough, though, the other law firms have not seemingly retained counsel. So the, the disparity is always interesting for me. It goes on to say that it was only on August 30th, 2022, that counsel for New York Marine was contacted by Mr. Richard Simpson Esquire of Wiley Rain. It makes me think of Rain that's being sassy, but it's spelled R-E-I-N. But Wiley Rain just makes me think of sassy Rain. I'm sorry. It's a great name for a law firm. I'm here for it. Anyway, Mr. Richard Simpson of Wiley Rain, that's going to make me laugh, who confirmed that he had been retained to represent the Elaine firm in response to New York Marine subpoena and agreed to meet and confer with counsel following his return from his previously scheduled travel. This is always a problem in the summer with lawyers, by the way. They do travel, and then it's like herding cats. Consequently, due to the delay on account of the Charlson Bredehoff's firm's need to retain counsel, which is so interesting, the way they're kind of throwing it under the bus. It's like... They wanted to hire lawyers. It's on them. That's exactly what it's saying. So due to the delay of the of Elaine's need to retain counsel, and as a result of Mr. Simpson's travel schedule, the call between Simpson and the undersigned counsel for New York Marine did not occur until September 6th, the earliest date at which Mr. Simpson was available. Given the foregoing, and in particular, given that each law firm have raised objections primarily based on attorney-client privilege and work product. These parties anticipate that New York Marine will be required to bring motions to compel against each of these non-parties in order to obtain full compliance by the subpoenaed parties. Of course, that's what you're going to need to do. They're not turning over shit that they think might be privilege or work product without the court forcing them to because they need to protect themselves. And at the end of the day, people might want to be like, eh, that seems this or that seems that they have to protect themselves. This is not uh, anything sus, truly. This is just law being practiced. It goes on to say to that end, New York Marine is in the process of preparing the motions for filing, but because the firms are located in different states, the motions will need to be filed in multiple jurisdictions. The motion against Eisner filed before the magistrate judge, before magistrate judge Donahue in the district where we're in, this district where this case is filed. Mr. Reynolds is located in Eisner's LA office. It says that the motion for the Eisner firm will need to be filed in California because Mr. Reynolds is located in the LA office, that the motion against the Heckner firm will be filed in the district court for the Southern District of New York because the attorneys and documents are located in New York. And then with regard to Elaine's firm, the motion will be filed in the district court for the District of Columbia because of where they are located in Virginia. It goes on to say that the parties have mutually engaged in extensive meet and confer uh, conferences with the various non-party law firms in an attempt to obtain mutually agreeable dates for depositions of key witnesses from those firms. To date, only third-party law firm Cameron McAvoy, which also represented the insured in the underlying action, that was the first firm that got elbowed out, the firm hired by New York Marine, has reached agreement with travelers in New York Marine as to a date for deposition due to the um, the representative from that firm, Mr. Roach's own trial calendar and vacation schedule, that depot is not scheduled until September 27th, 2022, just seven days before the discovery cutoff. They're like, we don't have enough time. 
Turning to the deposition of the party's own witnesses, New York Marine has agreed to provide the deposition of its claim handler on Tuesday, September 29th, and has offered the deposition of its PMK on Saturday, October 1st. Nevertheless, Traveler's lead counsel is presently out of the country on a three-week trip, which was planned in March. Your Honor, shit hadn't popped off yet. I just wanted to travel. We've been in a pandemic. I just need a three-week vacation. I want a three-week vacation. Anyway, a three-week trip, which was planned in March, and consequently is unavailable from August 27th until September 19th. So it's like they've offered to have these depots done, but our lead counsel's unavailable. Life happens. Likewise, Council for Travelers has advised New York Marine that Travelers claims professionals, who may also be its person most knowledgeable, who has since retired, will agree to voluntarily agree for depot, but is not available the last half of September and the first week of October due to being in Houston for a surgery and recovery of a family member, and also has a trip planned October 21st, returning on or about October 31st. Hey, I'm retired. Uh, booked and busy, retired, booked and busy. And again, no shade. This is why they're asking the court for more time. They then go on to the mediation schedule and say that the mediator of choice that all the parties have agreed on, as of August 22nd, 2022, Mr. Williams had availability only on November 11th, November 14th, December 5th, 12th, 15th, 19th of 2022. Given the party's interest in having him mediate the matter, the parties have currently reserved the date of November 14th for mediation. This is beyond the deadline of October 10th. Yes, it is. They get into the legal standard for the stipulation. Again, these are the parties agreeing. Your Honor, please give us more time to finish our work. They go on to say that each of the firms have raised virtually identical objections. New York Marine continues to meet and confer with these firms to ascertain whether multiple motions will be necessary or whether the Kaplan-Heckner and Beredehoff firms will abide by the ruling of the court with respect to the subpoena on Eisner to be filed and heard by Magistrate Judge Patricia Donahue in this court. So, hey, do I really have to come to all these courts and fall down? Or will you just listen to the one motion? And you know what the lawyers probably will do is say, nah, come to where I'm at and serve me. I'm sorry. I'm trying to protect my own ass at this point. And that is just going to be the CYA that needs to happen. But they're letting the court know, Your Honor, Your Honor, we're trying they're just, it's like they're gripping the podium, looking at the court going, we're trying to get these depositions done, but also attorney-client privilege and work product are a thing, and you're going to have to order them to do it because they're not going to do it on their own, because they're not going to do it on their own, because litigation. <laughs> have you read Elaine's emails? We have. We have. Lots of them. So... They also bring up the issue that some of the attorneys are like, look, we'll be deposed, but we're not going to be deposed twice because attorneys know the damage that comes with being deposed more than once in multiple matters and the way that those get used against you. So they're like, look, we'll do it, but we're only doing it once. We're not going to be deposed in multiple matters. It then goes on to say, finally, through the undersigned counsel for New York, there was a meet and confer with counsel for the Bredehoff firm on September 6, 2022. I wonder who they had the privilege of speaking with. It says, to date, the law firm has not made any firm arrangement to produce additional materials, nor has it agreed to a date for the deposition of Ms. Bredehoff. Well, she is lead counsel. We knew they were going to want to depose her, but it's there in writing. We need a depot date for Elaine. So the attorneys for New York Marine and Travelers are going to be like, hey, boo, uh, five mil, we paid you like five. Where'd the money go? What's your billable rate? Um... 
how many trials have you actually litigated? Because we watched it on TV. And that is basically everything that is in the motion for essentially more time. Your Honor, help. But what we learn is that this fight is kicking up with the depositions of the third-party attorneys. And the third-party attorneys are the attorneys that were hired by New York Marine, well, paid by New York Marine, who Amber Heard had already hired at the beginning of litigation. Those attorneys were then working with the attorneys hired by travelers. Travelers agreed to replace the attorneys with Elaine and company. Yes, Elaine and company. And then Elaine and company edged out the other attorneys. So those are the three firms that we are dealing with in this litigation and all of the discovery that's going to come. This case, though it is between insurance companies, is probably going to be one of the most fascinating things to come out of the Depp v. Heard case from a legal standpoint. During the trial, I got asked a lot, is this case going to set precedent? Not really, not legal precedent. Will it set the precedent the celebrities are going to say, you're not going to say what you're going to say, and I'm going to go to court and go to trial over defamation? Maybe. Maybe we will see more celebrities taking that direction and going to trial over defamation because reputation matters so much. And in the day of social media, the internet does not forget, and it will come down on advertisers or you know movie studios who are who are working with someone that the internet has turned against. And if somebody feels they've been wrongfully turned against because of something defamatory, defamation lawsuits might be something we see on the rise. That is not changing a legal precedent. Maybe it is changing a societal precedent of celebrities saying enough is enough. And what you're not going to do is slander my name or defame my name anymore. But the insurance litigation has room to really set some interesting boundaries or not around what a homeowner's policy covers. There are rules in California about homeowner's policies covering intentional acts. Defamation of a public figure with the malice component is an intentional act. It's not negligence. So there actually is room for this to be kind of a guiding principle because shockingly, it doesn't come up all that much that a homeowner's policy is trying to fight over who's paying for a defamation trial. Doesn't come up a lot. So there is a lot of really legally interesting ground to come in this particular suit. But we need to look at this request for... Um, Com combining the cases. I need a, we need a lawnard phrase for it. A request for we ain't doing this shit twice. <laughs> Your honor, <laughs> it's duplicative. We don't want to do this shit twice. That's really what it should be. But first we need to thank our sponsor. You don't have to be a Hollywood starlet to have makeup that you love. It doesn't have to be overpriced and you can get makeup that you feel great about while you give back to causes that you'll feel great about and you're going to look great because my favorite product right now from Thrive Cosmetics is something that you can use your 15% off discount on. Thrive has an incredible liquid lash extensions mascara. It is their best-selling product and I can see why I absolutely love it. It has more than 20,000 five-star reviews. 
It's ultra lengthening and eye-opening. It lasts all day without clumping, smudging, or flaking. And it does. I wore this the whole time I was in Vegas. It was so hot, but my mascara was not sticking to the upper lids of my eyes, which was a huge benefit for me because it was ultra lengthening. And it really is easy to slide right off with warm water at the end of the day. No harsh makeup remover necessary. I love that. It's also made without parabens or sulfates. It's 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And Thrive Cosmetics has cause in the name for a reason. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help communities thrive. They have over 300 giving partners across the country supporting numerous causes. So not only can you do some good, but you can also look so good. Right now, you get 15% off your first order with thrivecosmetics.com slash Lawnard. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Lawnard for 15% off your first order. Go give that mascara a try. And if you're looking for one other thing, the Brilliant Eye Brightener is absolutely fantastic. Let me know what you got on social media. So let's take a look at this motion to not do this shit twice. I think it's going to stick. The motion to not do this shit twice. That's exactly what it is. Motion to not do this shit twice. Motion to consolidate our shit. So we're just going to take a quick peek at this. before we go. This is set for hearing October 17th, 2022. They sum it up pretty well. And we're going to just go through that real quick. Um, This motion is brought under Rule 42 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure for all the law students out there that are like, I want to know the rule. There you go. Rule 42, FRCP. On the grounds that both cases involve similar issues of fact and law, the resolution of which will require much of the same evidence, As a result, it will be of great convenience to the court and to all the parties to consolidate the matters for all purposes. Put this shit all together, please. This will result in greater efficiency and it will eliminate the potential for inconsistent results. The court should exercise its discretion and order consolidation. And they very well might. It's all over the same thing. Who's paying for what with regard to Amber Heard? It's going to all be mostly the same witnesses. As we get into the actual memoranda of law, we get to the relevant facts. First actions, Travelers versus ProSite. Travelers filed the initial case against ProSite, case number, and they cite it on July 20, 2021. The first action is for declaratory relief and equitable contribution. Equitable contribution is you owe me money. Pay for it. The declaratory relief is your honor. Can you just tell us what it is, please? Um... Let's see, an equitable contribution of defense expenses relating to a dispute pending, at the time pending, in the state of Virginia against the party's joint insured. Joint insured, of course, is Amber Heard. The insured is a defendant in a defamation action, which proceeded to trial after the first action was filed. The thrust of Traveler's action is that ProSite has not provided a proper defense to insured, which left Traveler's bearing an inequitable portion of the defense that's not how ProSite New York Marine sees it. I'll tell you what. On March 25th, 2022, ProSite first filed a counterclaim against travelers in which ProSite seeks, among other things, a declaration that ProSite did not owe travelers or the insured anything. For example, it alleges, quote, travelers engaged in inequitable conduct and has, quote unquote, unclean hands, which completely bar in whole or in part any claim which travelers has for recovery of defense fees which it incurred following the November 6, 2020 withdrawal 
of Cameron McAvoy firm from the insured's defense in the underlying action. That's the firm that was uh, edged out by Elaine et al. It goes on to talk about the complaint in the first action where Travelers is suing New York Marine ProSite for a duty to defend, breach of duty to defend. And then it gets into the affirmative defenses, saying that the First Amendment complaint or defense of the First Amendment complaint in each of the causes of action are barred in whole or in part by Travelers, quote unquote, unclean hands, meaning uh, they're a part of this mess too. I love the like Macbeth madness of the unclean hands. I never looked in law school at like why these things were named, but it's you were a part of this. You don't get to now benefit. You also have unclean hands, but I can't imagine it's not Shakespearean. Specifically, any failure by New York Marines appointed defense counsel to fully participate in the defense of the insured up to and including its withdrawal from the defense on November 6th resulted from the conduct of independent counsel. Elaine. I interjected that. That's why I used the voice. Appointed by the insured and funded by travelers who affirmatively and deliberately refused to cooperate with and actively sought to obstruct prevent and limit the participation of New York Marines appointed counsel in the insured's defense. It goes on to say, quote, independent counsel retained by the insured and funded by travelers consistently refused to cooperate with Cameron McAvoy and deliberately obstructed and prevented Cameron McAvoy's active involvement in the defense of the insured. Wow. Shocked. Not really. And not shocked because we read this whole counterclaim and I was like, stop it, stop it. Nope, they're going to keep going. Stop it. Nope, they're going to keep going. So they're like, you should consolidate this because the claims in the Travelers New York Marine case, the claims are going back and forth between the insurance companies. And then New York Marine is also suing the insured Amber Heard. It's like, look, it's all the same thing. Just bring it all together. Same shit. They go on to quote that New York Marine alleges that it is entitled to recover the sum of $621,000 previously paid to travelers on or about January 18th, 2022, under reservation of rights and reimbursement for 50% of the defense fees incurred by independent counsel and paid by travelers for the period um, from Cameron McAvoy's withdrawal on November 6th through February 28th. So that's what New York Marine is looking for. That's what they're quoting to the court. Look, these actions are the same. Second action, ProSite versus the insured. In June 2022, the trial of the Virginia action against the insured concluded with the jury verdict. Yeah, that's the end of the sentence. You know what they left out of that sentence? That the insured lost. They, they say that literally nowhere, that the insured lost and that it was an intentional tort. I mean, the judge probably knows, but they just don't say it. It says on July 8th, 2022, ProSite, New York Marine, filed the second action, a claim for declaratory relief, in which they seek various declarations concerning their obligations to the insured under their insurance policy. So again, they are just continuing to lay out, look, the claims, the causes of action in these various cases and the defenses in these various cases all overlap. So could you just? They then go on to why the court should order consolidation, citing the standard from Rule 42, saying, quote, if actions before the court involve a common question of law or fact, the court may, one, join for hearing or trial any or all matters at issue in the actions, two, consolidate the actions, or issue any other orders to avoid unnecessary cost or delay. And in this case, it just makes sense. 
They talk about the burden of the parties, the risk of prejudice. And New York Marine is like, look, not New York Marine, sorry, Travelers, is like, look, we're the ones who brought the other action and we're not worried about the delay. And now you know why. Because they're in the earlier motion saying, your honor, help. We need more time. And they're like, look, look, we don't care if there's a delay. We're super good with the delay. In fact, they might have filed this in part because the delay uh, is in their favor and they are the filing plaintiff. And they're like, please give us more time. If these things are consolidated, they will be consolidated into the lower case number, meaning the Amber Heard case will get pulled into all the insurers litigation. And then it'll be, you know, Travelers versus New York Marine, New York Marine versus Travelers, and the New York Marine versus Amber Heard will all be in one court. And it'll allow them to do discovery at the same time. It'll allow all the depositions to apply to everything. I think it will probably get granted. It, it does make sense. For judicial economy, I don't think it's a odd thing to request, given how tied in this all is. Um, it'll be interesting to see who Amber Heard's attorneys are in this New York Marine case. They have not answered the case yet. That answer is not due yet, but we'll find out shortly who her attorney is against her insurance company. So her litigation is not done. And then we are still waiting on the appeals to be filed by both Johnny Depp and Amber Heard in the underlying defamation case. So we've got a factually interesting case in the defamation case that is just not stopping, maybe because insurance is still paying for it. And then we have a legally very interesting, at least to me, hopefully to you, let me know in the comments, a legally very interesting case in these insured cross-claim cases of who the fuck is paying for this shit anyway. And some really interesting allegations but also now we've got the tea that out of the three law firms that are being asked to deal with discovery, Elaine's firm is the one that hired counsel. I find it to be interesting. Am I shocked? No. Does it mean that they're going hard after Elaine? Not at this point. It shows me that either Elaine and her firm don't want to deal with it on their own or that there is a concern and they want someone else to handle it. And we will see where that goes as these motions continue to get filed. Again, maybe we need to do a monthly check-in. We tried to move on here and the litigation keeps pulling us back in and I'd love to know what you think about that. But for now, it is time to say goodbye. I appreciate that you're here. Thank you for joining me on another podcast. Thank you for helping make this podcast number one in entertainment news in multiple countries. I see you, law nerds. Maybe we'll have to do a shout out next week of all the places where we chart. I look through it and I always see it. I'm like, oh, thank you. I see the love in... Canada and the UK and Ireland and Australia and all over the world. I see you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a law nerd. It's time to say goodbye. So say it with me. May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your toilet paper be plentiful. May your gas not be $7 a gallon. May your family be well. May you enjoy pumpkin spice season for all that it has to offer. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I will see you in the next one. Bye.